0: Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?
1: (laughs) Turn the music up. Turn me down.
0: How much longer will you keep fighting? Because it's you know it's a dangerous business. Not that long. I'm wrapping it up. This is definitely one of my last fights. So. One of your last fights. Yeah. You better everyone better watch. Yeah. <laughs> the show is gonna be around forever, right? Yeah. I think it's more the build-up that's tire- more tiring than anything else. Like if we had a fight right now, I'd be like I'd fight right now and then I'd go get dinner and I wouldn't feel like really tired about it. It's like the weeks and weeks of buildup beforehand, and you know you're fighting this one person, it's like your showdown, the most important thing in your whole life, and then millions of people are watching, it's like, it's that buildup for weeks on end. If it just happened right now, I wouldn't be nervous at all. It's yeah. the waiting.
1: Pound for pound, I'm the best to ever come around here. Excluding nobody, look what I embody. The soul of a hustler, I really ran the street. A CEO's mind, that marketing plan with me. And no, I ain't get shot up a whole bunch of time. I'll make up shit in a whole bunch of lines. Nine animated like say a Busta rhyme With the real shit you get when you bust down my lines Add that to the fact I went plat a bunch of times Times that by my influence on pop culture I'm supposed to be number one on everybody's list We'll see what happens when I no longer exist What
2: more can I say? We're here
1: What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. This week's episode of the Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know, me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft, premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses.
3: Yeah, man, I mean, I I gotta get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the goods, I'm telling you right now. So listen, You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Shout out to the sponsors once again. Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast Today, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We told you that last week, a ton of fights this weekend, UFC, boxing, wrestling just finished. We have to recap Hell in a Cell and all the craziness that happened there and kind of gear up towards Survivor Series because they threw us into the mix already. But first, congratulations are in order. Andreas Hill, congrats on the new gig. Tell everybody about
3: it. Yeah, um, I guess it' have been in negotiations for the past couple of months, so. I'm the senior editor of a site called Champions. Now, it's pretty relatively new. Um, it's under it's under the umbrella of a, a, another outlet called Movie Pilot that does like 60 million uniques a month. And randomly, they did a story on Round of Rousey and was like, yo, we should jump into the, the combat sports space. So they sold the company overseas for like 15 million euros and then... Spread out through the stage. So they just hired me to do senior editor of uh, doing like pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, but like doing the crossover stuff with MMA, trying to appeal to a broad audience. So that's like my new day to day now. So you'll still see my work in a lot of the other places, maybe not as much as usual. Um, still doing stuff for Ring, still doing stuff for uh, Yahoo at periodically. Of course, two dope boys. Um, so I'm staying busy.
1: You mentioned you're staying with Two Dope Boys. A lot of content came out this week. I know you guys are writing about all of the stuff over there. And last week, we forgot to give our thoughts on the new Joe Budden out.
3: <laughs> this and, means we got to get Kel Dansby's thoughts on the new Joe Budden album, because that's what everybody really wants to hear. They don't really care what I think. They want to know what you <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, you're, you're the respected voice here. Yeah, but let's hear your thoughts first. I'll chime in. I've listened to it several times. Um, actually, two dope boys. This month we did our verse of the month, and we actually left Joe off. We, when it came down to it, we were gonna put his verse from "I Got to Ask" on there, but then Big Sean came through with no interviews, and he made that final cut on our list. That that new Big Sean song is pretty dope. But um, that being said, I, I'm gonna pass the baton to you because I gotta hear your thoughts
1: on, but. Um, all right, well, everybody, if you listen to the show, you know my thoughts on Joe Budden. He's in my top five favorite MCs. Um, you know, I really like introspective Joe, just like all his other fans. This album, to me, is a good album, but it's an album that the majority of hip-hop heads will like. Hardcore Budden fans, like Budden fans from Mood Music 1 and before, we got used to a different type of Joe. I like his last album better than this album. And it's funny because a lot of people like just glanced over his last album. But once again it's like very moody and traditional Joe and people are like, yo, I don't want to hear that. Uh, and that's all love lost. So if you guys want to go back and check it out, not sure how many people actually cared to sit down with it. Um yeah, you know, if it's gray outside, it's a little cloudy, all Love Lost is for you. It's one of those albums. Um Rage in the Machine is is Joe Ryman and that's what I thought it'd be. It was more rappity-rap, Joe. Like It's more, I guess, digestible to the common hip-hop fan, which, which is cool. It's number one album right now. He hit a couple of goes. It's completely independent. He's on tour. Probably check out his tour next week when it comes to Vegas. All this stuff. So it's congrats. He did a good job. Um, A-Rab Music, his production, to me, is still a little off. He just uses a lot of choppy sounds. Which really throws me off and you know, it, not my cup of tea, but still, all in all, produced some good songs for this album. It's just the album itself, to me, isn't as good as his previous album. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Uh, there's a couple tracks I do like on it, you know, that, that stand up to other tracks. Uh, the intro three is fire. Um, By Law is dope. And I gotta ask, of course, I think it's the best song in the album. I think anyone who listens to it would agree. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff. It has a good, uh, you know, flow to the album, but it's not as good as his previous joint.
3: Yeah, well, I, I guess that's what it is. For, for true Joe Budden fans who, who liked uh, Emo Joe, rocking In Your Feelings a lot, this album's more of a conventional album. Um, I enjoyed it because I, I kind of knew what to expect coming into it, and sometimes you got to, you know, you can't deal with Joe in his dark places all the time. You need a little break. And the joints <laughs> I love on the album are- Bylaw, um, specifically, is dope. He kind of addresses the Drake beef. Kind of a no-win situation. Um, I Gotta Ask, of course, the lead single. Uh, the joint, joint he got with Joel Ortiz is dope. Been bouncing off each other. I mean, Joe can rhyme. That's what we know. Joe's, Joe's a dope MC. It's just really a matter of, you know, what you're in the mood for. If you're in the mood for... Because uh, uh, basically, this album is an album any MC can make. Other Joe Button albums are the albums that only Joe Button can make because that's who Joe Button is and not... Many people can relate to the struggles that, well, you can relate to the struggles, but nobody else can talk about those struggles like Joe can. So I feel like this album is like um, very similar to just anybody who can rap, but he could just rap better than a lot of
1: people. So, uh, Yeah, it's not um, as introspective you, as others, though. Like, I, I, no, I understand it's not, it's he's happy. Yeah, he, he's happy Joe right now. He got the, the model girlfriend. Uh, What's your face from Love and Hip Hop? He's to- he, you know he's cheery. He he has his son finally. They spend good time, which also makes for a dope cut on this album. Just um, him addressing everything he's gone through with his son. Well, I forgot the name of the track, but it's towards the end. Uh, I think it's. I want to know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's just happy right now, which is great for him. It's great for Joe the person. <laughs> but. He he knows this, yo. You want him in his feelings, man. Yeah, his his fans don't want Happy Joe. Like, right now, they're honest to God waiting for the chick to leave him. Because then that means we get All S5. We get more music like Black Cloud. Stuck in the Moment. These are all tracks people love from Joe. I mean, even on All Love Lost, it was just riddled with tracks like this. Love I'm Good, which is probably the best Joe Budden song I've heard the past five years. And it was on all of Lost. If you haven't heard it, it's incredible. That's the Joe everyone wants. The the still some angsty Joe. We want, I don't know, we want crotchety old man Joe. We don't want popping bottles in a club Joe. So it, it is yeah, what it is. I get it. He's still a talented artist. Um, for anyone who wants to listen to his music, to separate the person from the music, which is something I tell people all the time when it comes to Joe Budden, like yo, he is the guy you see on Love and Hip Hop, on you know, what couples rehab, all that. That's Joe, and that may be corny, but separate the art from the artist, and you'll see that the music he does something. I I'll, I'll say no other hip hop artist has ever been able to do, and that's be completely transparent. Eminem, a lot of the times, you know, he yeah. dabbled in, but he was more transparent about, you know, his mom and all this stuff. You, there's still. Parts of his life he never really disclosed or went into detail about on record. Joe Budden, there is nothing he hasn't talked about on a record. Nothing at all. When it comes to his first girl having the baby, yo, (laughs) literally in a song, a Moon Music 2, he said, just get the abortion and I'll give you the 250. Like talking about the son he currently has and reminiscing on what he told his girl when she was pregnant. Like Stuff like that is stuff you don't hear all the time. When he lets out the inner thoughts, the inner workings, exactly how he felt in the moment, that's what makes Joe Budden special. It wasn't that prevalent on this album, but anyone who wants to backtrack, if you like this album, Joe can spit. I'm I'm glad it showed you that. Now go back and listen to everything else, because it's a journey like no one else has ever done in hip-hop. It's just done mostly on mixtapes, so people ignore it.
3: Spoken like a true fan. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Yo, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's real, like, listen, he talks about the craziest stuff, you go to OLS 3, he dragged her Face off the bed, she threw his laptop, like, he paints the exact picture of what happened, granted, it's from his perspective, and he often gets arrested, and, uh, you know, accused of Floyd Mayweathering chicks, but, he puts it all on record, so at least you can make your own, like, determination of what happened, um, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy thing to look at and go through and follow the him and to story. Yo, know, it's all on wax, all on record. Um if that's that's movie worthy. You go through like all his songs and hear everything they've gone through. Her smashing Knicks players, him cheating on her. It's just a crazy saga and all that stuff is put in record. So I mean, the past twelve, fifteen years of this guy's life is there for you to just listen to just at freely everything about his life so that's the joe i miss um you know i'm not wishing that his relationship ends but if it does it's going to create quality music and i'm here for that
3: well there's that so i guess that wraps up our hip-hop segment because Kel Dansby has spoken yo on have you joe listened to any button. of the
1: other stuff you know like the little trap stuff you know i'm not you know too hype into it but um i gave meek mill a quick listen uh, Jeezy, Quick quick Listen. I thought both were pretty good albums. You listen to any of that? You're the busiest man in media, though, so I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, I didn't get around to listening to Meek yet. Now, I was actually planning on doing it when I got some downtime today. It's, it's weird. When I'm working, I don't listen to rap music. Like, when I'm working on, like, MMA or boxing and pro wrestling stuff or anything, I don't listen to rap. It's weird. I can't. And for whatever reason, I just can't. So I listen to, like, I listen to, like chill radio on and Apple, on, uh, Apple music. Listen to, like, a lot of down-tempo shit. So I haven't had my, my opportunities to listen to uh, Dream Chasers 3. I haven't, I wasn't really excited for it. Jeezy's album, neither. I wasn't really excited for either of those projects. Um, but I'm going to give them a listen because that's what I'm supposed to do.
1: Yeah. But like I, I said, say, I, I'm surprised you didn't write something about, you know, Meek Mill bouncing back after the, nah, the whole Drake thing.
3: Nah, it just, I, I got too bogged down with other stuff and. Um, we're actually doing a two dope boys, an ultimate outcast album that we've been working on and fighting over what songs make the final track list. So we've been busy with that, revisiting Outcast entire catalog. Um
1: Oh that's dope. And then, so you're you know, doing it like the Drake one, where like album yeah. like song one on every album, song two on every yep. album. Oh, that's dope. I like yeah. when you guys do that
3: shake just got finished redesigning the website so you know two boys looks a little bit more a little different when you go there now with spotlighting different things spotlighting more editorial but yeah we did that and a few other things but uh for the most part yeah i gotta catch up i'm pl- trying to play catch up man i'm trying to catch up on my combat sports and my my hip-hop and i just watched the season finale of atlanta last night and i'm really sad that that's got to go um till whenever it comes back next season two more seasons um, and it's,
1: it's, it's coming back hey
3: I haven't really spoke, like, we talk about television a little bit, but uh, have you watched This Is Us? No, I, I haven't even heard of This Is Us. Bruh. It's, it's, it, I'm, like, I'm big on, like, Modern Family is one of my, my favorite television shows right now, but This Is Us is absolutely phenomenal in terms of a unique angle, um, the writing, uh, my man, I don't know why I can't think of his name, who played a uh, uh, who was in um, the OJ miniseries is in it, but it's it's about. Well, I can't. I do really want to tell you what it's about. You should just try to find it. It might be on Hulu and watch it. It's called This Is Us.
1: Is it on Netflix? Really TV? good. Uh, like where do yeah, you watch on,
3: this at? Yeah, I TVO it every week. It, you know what DVR has it so bad that I don't remember what channel a lot of shit is on. I just know it shows up in my queue and I watch it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um.
3: Then it comes on like 9 to 10 o'clock. I want to say it's like ABC, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. All right, I'm looking at but, the cast.
1: They got some, some dope people. Mandy Moore, randomly on the cast.
3: All Mandy right. Moore is actually really good in this show. It's a, it's a really good show. And like if you read too much about it, it ruin, like the first episode, I was like, oh, this looks like a pretty cool show. But then there's like a little, there's a hook at the end of it. And it really, from there, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sold. I'm in. Um, and growing up the way that I grew up, there was a lot of things that I could relate to. But uh, it's a really good show. And for any listeners that, that watch it, you're like, get to the fucking combat sports. Sorry. Got to talk about This as Us because I watch this shit every week. And I really enjoy that show. Anyway.
1: Now we know what takes Keep up all your time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. One other thing. One other thing. Kel Dansby, what did you do for Halloween? Yo, I was an old man for Halloween. I stayed in the crib. I went out. Uh, what was that? Sunday night. Because who goes out on a Monday? So I went out on a Sunday. Uh, I went to, for all my Vegas people, Blue Martini Lounge, chilled with a couple of friends. That was cool. I actually had like a little dust up with the security outside for a quick second because I was trying to go to McFadden's, if anyone knows where that is. It's the bar right next door to it, and McFadden's is closed on Sundays. I'm like, yo, it's a holiday weekend. How are you closed? So I wore my Young Bucks t-shirt, I think it was, and like a pair of shorts. And then the blue martini people were like, no, it's a lounge, dress code, blah, blah. I was like, yo, I was just trying to go to a bar next door. Let me in. They're like, all right, you got to pay cover. I was like, I don't pay cover anywhere. So me and the guy had a like quick little dust up. He was eyeing me all crazy. So then my friend, I was like, yo, I don't pay cover. So my friend that I went with, she was like, oh, I'll just pay for your cover. Just buy me a drink inside. I was like, all right, well, I don't pay cover. So it is what it is. So we had to make that deal. Um, yes, I'm uppity when I go out. I don't care. Y'all got to talk about me. I don't pay cover. Uh, So that that was cool. They played dope music. I kind of just tweeted throughout the whole thing um, what the DJ was playing. He had a dope Jamaican set, like real Jamaican music, not just controller. And then Monday came, and I just chilled, man. I chilled in a crib. I watched wrestling, uh, a lot of sports on Monday night. I watched a scary movie, and that was it. Wait, you watched a scary movie? Holy shit, what did you watch? I watched a scary movie, and once again... This movie is scary to me. Not that it's scary to other people, because they might be like, yo, what? That shit ain't even scary. But I watched 13 (laughs) Ghosts. Front to back. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. Really?
3: Okay. No, yeah. I watched 13 Ghosts.
1: Honest to God. And my girl was like, yo, are we really (laughs) watching this? Because it was like the cheesiest beginning ever to a movie. And I was like, yo, we got to get better. So we watched that. Um, It was between that, the original Halloween, or Jeepers Creepers. They were all on at the same damn time. And I deemed the original Halloween a little bit too scary for me to watch. So I was just like, this is like a good median." So I watched a little bit of that until wrestling came on. I watched wrestling, which was equally as scary because uh, I had to watch Old Ass Man Goldberg.
3: Yeah, we're about to get into that. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, horror movie marathoned it, you know, I, I talked about it on social media a little bit. So I, me, me and the wife sat around and watched scary movies like all weekend.
1: How was watch
3: I watched good ones. You know what? I didn't even get to it. Like I, I started watching, I looked on my, um, my Netflix and what I had that I haven't watched yet. And I, I sat back and watched so many scary movies I never got to saw. So I probably watched it this weekend just because I bought the goddamn Blu ray. So I need to sit down and watch seven, uh, installments of a series that I never really cared for. Um, <laughs> I watched Urban Legend. I hadn't seen Urban Legend in Mad Long, and I forgot how goofy that shit was. So I watched that. I watched this movie called Southbound, which was actually pretty goddamn good. I watched it like Urban Legend a,
1: before. Look at that. See? I'm getting up on my horror game stuff. But to me, that was more like a teen movie. That's like watching Scream.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Southbound is uh, like a Twilight Zone, Twin Peakish ish Science fiction type scary movie. It's pretty damn good. I watched that. So let's get let's get into the uh, the scary business of the week. Where, where are we starting this week? We starting with boxing. We got start Pacquiao, with boxing that's
1: that's something you've been doing and covering all week. It's Pacquiao week, in which a lot of people don't even know about that shit. Like I wrote my article yesterday, and I swear at least six or seven comments were, "Oh, Pacquiao fights this weekend."
3: Yeah, I was just he like, does. "Oh,
1: great." I was like, I was like, yes, thank you. At least I know that you paid attention to my article, and I could bring you know some news into your life. Um, that I sat down and worked two days on this article, and people don't even know the fight's happening. So well, that's how it goes. <laughs> so that's, I mean, you went out there yesterday. You were in the presence of the Pac Man. You were there for grand arrivals. Is there any buzz out there? I, I couldn't even get out the house. I was writing the article about it in the crib. No oh. quotes Pacquiao was going to give me. I didn't need quotes from the senator. So I was like, yo, you know what? Let me write it. Is there any buzz at all?
3: There is a little buzz. I don't know how it's going to translate into Saturday night. There was actually a lot of people there for the grand arrival. More than I anticipated. Um, I guess, you know, because the um, the Honorable Emmanuel Pacquiao is, you know, a senator, and he's still a big deal. So um, Pacquiao. nobody gives a shit about Jesse Vargas. <laughs> but nobody cares about Jesse Vargas, um, unfortunately. But this fight is generating a little bit of buzz because people are interested in seeing what Pacquiao has left um, and what it leads to after this. So uh, I got a chance to sit down and talk to both Vargas, Pacquiao, Freddie Roach, um, and Dewey Cooper, Jesse Vargas's uh, trainer. And, you know, really the story to me is how focused is Manny Pacquiao going to be come Saturday night? You know, we we kind of talked about how he's splitting his senatorial duties with his training. And it seems like he was doing senator work all day and then would train after 8 p.m. at night. And it makes me wonder if somebody, the caliber of Pacquiao, who was 37 years old, um, who is already used to being distracted, but this is a new level of distraction. So what does this mean? I mean, nobody's giving Jesse Vargas a chance in hell, even though he's younger, taller, uh, has a, the reach advantage. But, he, you know, are you giving say, him a chance in hell? I'll give, I'll give him a snowball's chance in hell. Oh, shit. Um, you come
1: around on Jesse Vargas. I, I never thought I'd see the day.
3: No, but here's the thing. I don't think Jesse Vargas has a, a snowball's chance in hell. But <laughs> if I'm a betting man, I would take a flyer on Vargas because of the, it's not about Vargas. It's about Pacquiao. And that's my concern. You know, if you fall asleep at the wheel for a hot second, something could change the fight.
1: I mean, I, I don't just think saw him mollywop Bradley, though.
3: Well, yeah, but again, that, my concern is how focused will Manny Pacquiao be come Saturday night? When you when you work all day, like all Jesse Vargas has been doing is focusing on Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao has been focusing on passing, getting the death, death penalty reinstalled in the Philippines, dealing with the people, the media, like that's what? a lot to deal with. He wants to off yeah. people in the Philippines? Yeah, for heinous acts. We asked him this yesterday. Like we spent more time... Literally yesterday talking about what he does in the Senate than we did about the fight. Because nobody nobody thinks that Jesse Vargas has a shot. So it's all really about who Manny Pacquiao is today and like what is he doing and how did he manage to fit training into this fight. I mean, it, it, into was a busy-ass schedule.
1: Yo, is Pacquiao like the Filipino Trump? Like he doesn't like nah. gays. He wants to kill people with the death penalty. He seems very... Uh, trumpish in his ways conservative christian
3: yeah i mean conservative christian i mean you know religion is always going to divide people but uh i asked him about the election and in in true political fashion he uh kind of went around it although he did allude to hillary having actual experience with trump having none which is kind of funny because then you go well manny you didn't have any experience and you became a congressman now you're a senator so there are some parallels between him and trump from that aspect but uh yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's like, like I said, this 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 is actually a pretty good card with Diego Mag, I mean Diego Jesse Magdaleno and Nonito Donaire fighting. Which is the fight I'm really looking forward. to. I was about to. to say that's my main um, event. Yeah, that's what I'm. Re- I talked to Nonito this week. You know, he's he's from the hunter to the hunted. He's got the target on his back. I've been watching Jesse Magdaleno for years since his first professional fight, um, and I really like that fight. Oscar Valdez is fighting, who I'm also a very big fan of. So the card overall is actually really good. Um, it's just a matter of, I don't know who's paying $70 to watch this shit. Um, I
1: can't believe it's a normal price pay-per-view. <laughs> what do you want, discounted rate? Yo, something. Yo, <laughs> like, give it to me for, like, $35, so, something. Like, uh, if I can get, like, a Uber-style promo code, like, if I buy the pay-per-view, my man's gets it for free or something. Like, they needed to do something to hook people up. I. I don't understand, but um, it it is what it is. I guess P- somebody's gonna buy it. Um, the Filipino just crowd and fans are very strong, so I'm sure they'll be loyal. You don't know how many fights Manny has left, so some people will buy it just for that reason. Um, we'll talk about another person who's selling their fight like that in a little while. Um, and you know, I guess that has appeal, but I don't know how much they expect to spend. I honestly don't know how Bob Arum is breaking even on this fight. He's
3: probably not. I think the thought process here is, you know, we asked Manny, you know, are you looking for other fights after this? He says, I got to take a fight by fight. I think the the idea here is for Pacquiao to get a fight to see how he can manage his time between being a senator and being a politician and a pugilist. Like, you got to figure out if he can do that. And Jesse Vargas is a perfect person. He has a world title. So you fight him, see what happens. And then you go hunting for the big fight. And the in the fight that Freddie Roach wants is with Canelo Alvarez. He wants that fight bad, and he really thinks Manny Pacquiao can beat Canelo. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I. Good luck with that. You. Well,
3: you know, good luck with him getting the fight, or good luck with him winning that fight.
1: With him winning that fight.
3: I'll tell you what.
1: He can outclass. The thing him for a that while, I asked I saw, Freddie, I saw Amir Khan he get caught sooner or later. Well,
3: this this is what Fred, Freddie basically said that he's that when he watched the the Khan fight, he's he doesn't think it's clear that he doesn't think Canelo is that good. Um, but the thing that he said he was like, if that fight were to happen, we have to put a cap on how much weight Canelo can gain on fight night. That's yeah. the big thing because if Canelo comes in one hundred and ninety goddamn pounds, he will squash Manny Pacquiao. But if you can put a cap on his weight gain, that could be a really intriguing fight. Not to mention, it's actually a really huge moneymaker. Pacquiao-Canelo, pretty big. And then on top of that, if you if Pacquiao were to get past Canelo, there's, there's one of two things that can happen. Because if Pacquiao beats Canelo, well, shit, the Golovkin fight might be out of the window, or it might be a 50-50 split, or whatever the case may be. Or Pacquiao can use this to lure Floyd Mayweather out of retirement. There's a couple of things that could happen here. I personally wouldn't mind seeing that fight. I'm tired of Canelo fighting cans,
1: but yeah, the, the weight thing is just a big problem. So he's huge. Yeah, like he had to drop down to fight Floyd, and that's only because he was the B side. He's not going to do that again for nah, anyone else. The fight won't happen.
3: Like Oscar De La Hoya, who Manny Pacquiao retired, will not fall into the trap of allowing. Canelo to drain himself to fight Pacquiao for money and then ruin the fight with Golovkin. Not that it, not, it's actually arguable which fight would be bigger on a pay-per-view scale because Pacquiao's still a mainstream attraction. Um, but there's a lot of risk there fighting Pacquiao if you're going to fight under Pacquiao rules versus fighting... Can- well, actually, shit. Canelo's in the catch-22. He's got to move up to fight Gennady and he got to move down to fight Pacquiao and anybody in between that, nobody gives a shit about.
1: No, so it's like they your still not. It's not easy fights in between then. Like, who are you going to be like? Oh, I'll just stay here and what fight J Rock after the winner of J Rock and Charlo? There's no Absolutely there's no not. cupcakes left. Uh, unless you know he, he's so, running around searching for them. So th- there's
3: a ton of intrigue in you know Pacquiao's future more so than this particular fight. I think this particular fight is like the prelude to the final chapter of Manny Pacquiao's career, if the, or the to the epilogue because. We've already kind of seen the final chapter of Manny's career, but he might have one or two fights left in him. Um, so that's what this is all about. So the question I got to ask you, Kel Dansby, is does Manny Pacquiao finish Jesse Vargas on Saturday night?
1: No, I do not think so. I think he knocks him down several times, probably twice. I don't think he has the killer instinct it takes to you know, get someone out of there. Um, we saw that in the Bradley fight. He had him dead to rights a couple of times. Bradley, once again, is one of the toughest boxers. We'll see, though. Um, so credit also to Bradley, but this Pacquiao is not the same Pacquiao, but we've known that for a while. Um, it's not that type of guy. He doesn't want to kill people. He doesn't want to you know, go in there and actually harm them. When they're down, he lets them get up, and he'll circle around, and he's content with boxing and it, picking up his paycheck. So I think the knockdowns would be enough. A KO or TKO would be great as far as going forward and getting him that next big fight because, to me, with a win over Vargas, Pacquiao is in the best position of anyone in boxing. Because he's going to get one more big fight. It's either the Floyd rematch. No, I mean he He didn't come back and fight Jesse Vargas to not get one more big payday. They're just like, yo, fight Jesse, make a statement. We'll take the L on this one. We'll overpay you. Aaron's not going to make any money. But we know that we're going to clean up in whatever super fight we get. So if it's Canelo, yeah. God bless him. If it's Mayweather, even better. If it has to be worst-case scenario, Terrence Crawford and Bud becomes a star.
3: Yeah. There, I mean, there's multiple scenarios here. Ultimately, it's about Manny Pacquiao making money. He came back for the money. As much as he, like, he, I asked him, I said, Manny, did you miss the sport as much as you thought you'd miss it when you initially retired? He was. He said, yeah, and he watched, he started watching boxing again, and that's what made him want to fight. That's what he says. He said he was watching Gennady Golovkin and Kell Brook, and he was giving you know in, Brook instructions through the screen. He was like, "I need. I'm still hungry. I want to fight." But we all know it's about money. Manny <laughs> likes to fight for cash. The, the food. He likes to get paid. So again, I think this is the litmus test to see how he can handle this, his uh, civic duty to the people versus training for a big fight, and if he can do it again. Because also he did this. He's doing this fight in the midst of a senatorial recess. So he's got time to do it. This is the only weekend this fight could have possibly happened. I don't know how that plays into next year. I'm not too familiar with Filipino politics. So I don't know how he would have to balance a fight next year. Me, personally, <laughs> I feel like you I would should be love up to on see. That.
1: You should be up on your yeah, Filipino I politics.
3: Now, I've got enough trying to keep up. Not even trying to keep up, but being disgusted with Hillary and Trump. Like, I'm sick of this. I can't wait for this election to be over. Anyway.
1: Oh, you know how I feel about that. I told you about my Sunday escapades.
3: Oh my god. I can't believe you are around somebody who is actually a Trump supporter who's not like a blonde white girl.
1: No, a minority female Trump supporter. And blind Trump supporter at that. She stood by her guns. Oh, it was yeah, an interesting well, day. <laughs>
3: yeah. We won't go too much into that. We 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 can we can discuss that another time. But <laughs> at, at, at any rate Looking towards the future, I'm really intrigued, like I said before, the Manny Pacquiao-Terrence Crawford fight because Bob Arum needs to create a new star. But I'm equally as intrigued if Manny Pacquiao would fight Canelo Alvarez. Um, That fight is something I would be very, very interested in if they could figure it out. I just don't think it happens. But uh, that being said, the fight with Justy Vargas is is just a mere afterthought. Like, none of us are looking at this fight and going, damn, this is going to be really competitive. It's really a Pacquiao showcase. At least – would you say that this is a a bigger mismatch than the Burdo Mayweather fight, though?
1: No. Um, no, not at all. Vargas is a champion, whatever we may think about it. We may have thought you know he lost a couple of the matches that he was given, or he looked lackluster. The guy has lost one fight, and he came back, redeemed himself, got a knockout, and won the belt. So when you fight a champion, it holds a different weight. Andre Berto wasn't a champion. Berto was no. struggling by all by all measures when he got the Floyd fight. Um, there was no reason for him to get that fight at all. So, no, no. I, this is nowhere near as big of a Mitch match as that was. Um, no different to me than, you know, shout out to Canelo, but he fought Amir Khan. Triple G fought Kell Brook, a champion, an undefeated champion. So when you compare people moving up weight class, it's, it was just there's a difference when you fight a guy coming off of losses who has lost before and you fight a guy who's a champion. So Pacquiao probably has the harder opponent. Whatever we may think, you know, if the eyeball test may say Berto's better than Vargas. I'm not even sure if that's the truth.
3: Mm, not now. I think Vargas has gotten better. Uh, we saw what he did against Saddam Ali, who he utterly destroyed, which I definitely didn't see coming. And it seems like something has rolled over, something has clicked with him since that twelfth round where he nearly put Timothy Bradley away. Where he's sitting on his punches a little bit more. So a lot lot has to be said about that. As many gift decisions that I've seen Jesse Vargas get in person, um, he has turned a corner in his career. He's still young; he's 27 years old. So this is this is a mismatch, but it's not like an epic mismatch. So all that being said, I'll be ringside Saturday. I'll be reporting and. I'll be watching closely to see what Manny Pacquiao has for his future because I think this is a fight that he should easily win. He athletically gifted. It's just really where his mind is at.
1: Yeah, no, he's come on. He is going to win, and he's going to get another big fight. They're not stupid. They did it for this, and it's no different than what we're about to watch Danny Garcia fight someone, and his next fight is booked. Like, he's not going to lose.
3: Well, no. he's fighting. He, I mean, he's fighting a true trash can. Not even a tomato can. It's a garbage can. Samuel Vargas, but that's a whole other story.
1: <laughs> this is boxing. <laughs> this is the boxing we now know. And uh, the boxing you still love, believe it or not. Um, Indeed. Ta- talking about another fight before, you know, we take a quick break and switch over to UFC. Klitschko and Anthony Joshua is running around the rumor mill right now.
3: Yeah, but no, Joshua's got his next fight booked already.
1: Yeah, but Um, I mean, once again, it's against someone he can beat. Well, yeah, he—I mean, truth be told, Anthony Joshua could
3: beat just about everybody in the heavyweight division right now. So, you know, he's just working his way to possibly a Klitschko fight. If I'm Klitschko, I don't even know if I want to fight Anthony Joshua,
1: to be honest. Like, what—I mean— What's—I mean, it's— it's the Mayweather effect, right? You hope you catch the kid when he's too young, and, and you get him, and he's on your resume, and then he blows up, and he's the next big thing, and you have a win over him.
3: Yeah, it's just a little, a little bit different thing with somebody like Joshua. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mayweather caught Canelo, but there were a lot of concessions there. You, Anthony Joshua and Klitschko, there are no concessions in weight. It's a heavyweight fight. There's nowhere else you can go. Um, So, I, I'm, as always, I'm intrigued by Anthony Joshua. Um, who the hell is he fighting? I,
1: I can't even remember oh damn i knew it yesterday when i had to write the article um not sure he's gonna win how about that <laughs> that is really what it is it's all these guys are now oh he's fighting eric molina that's right he's fighting eric oh molina. yeah no nah, it's good and but it's for a title yep. so i think i believe it's for the bacon title um because fury gave up all his belts and now it's a mad scramble for people to just run and pick them shits up
3: well, yeah, and Anthony Joshua should get them all. I mean, Joseph Parco should get one against Andy Ruiz.
1: You know, so uh, Molina,
3: you know, he had his fight with uh, Deontay Wilder, for those who don't remember, and he uh,
1: he hung around. <laughs> he got knocked out in the night. I was about to say for um, a hot second. But,
3: yeah, I mean, well, he hung around. He did a lot better than most people expected. And since then, you know, people who haven't paid attention. He Molina fought Tomas Adamek. He beat him. Uh, Adamek is just, uh, you know, too small for a heavyweight division anyway. But, yeah, I mean, the heavyweight division should be slowly shaking out. I actually did serious uh, radio with uh, Jerry Cooney, legendary heavyweight Jerry Cooney, who fought George Foreman back in the day. Um, and we were talking about the heavyweight division, and it's just, we got to see how this thing shakes out. Now that, that Cocaine Fury has let go of all the titles, it's up to everybody <laughs> to pick them up and then put them back together again. It's like it's like finding the, all the, the pieces of the missing ring and then putting them all together and then becoming, like, superhuman. And that's we. That's where we're at right now. Because Fury's never fighting again. There's a (laughs) (laughs) cocaine.
1: I mean, it's really simple. They're just connecting, like, uh, infinity stones to put in, like, the the gauntlet glove joint? That's exactly what it is.
3: Who is going to collect the most infinity stones, put them in the boxing glove, and knock the shit out of everybody? And right now, it looks like it's going to be Anthony Joshua. And Joshua looks like that guy. He's more polished than Deontay Wilder. Um... And, you know, Klitschko's pretty much run his course. Joseph Parker looks pretty damn good. I fully but, uh, expect
1: for whoever writes that article on champions come December when Joshua picks up the belt for that main default picture to be Anthony Joshua holding up his glove and you put all that damn Infinity Stones in his glove with, like, WBA, oh. WBC, all that in his glove, that's dope. And make him look like we, Thanos.
3: We have a uh, a pretty dope visual team. Like, we did... Uh, MMA fighters as Mortal Kombat characters, which was really dope. And we got a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline. But, yeah, don't be surprised if if the Infinity Gauntlet becomes a stain for the heavyweight division.
1: Yep, I'm telling you. There you go. Great ideas made on the podcast. Um, You guys stay tuned, though. We're going to take a quick break. You guys fill out this survey. When we come back, we're talking UFC because we got a fight card to preview this weekend. UFC 205 is coming up in a second. And, of course, we have to talk Ronda Rousey and her comeback question mark. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people. Now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes. And besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information, the brands you care about, while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right, if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right, you know, like do it for free. Do it for the gifts. If there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please do us this solid and go to the dot com. Once again, that's the dot com. Do that, keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out.
1: I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. Once again, thanks to everyone for filling out the survey. Much appreciated. Now we got to talk UFC. Because right now, this weekend, we have UFC Fight Night Mexico coming up. Headlined by RDA, Tony Ferguson. It's actually a meaningful match. Um, it kind of shakes out you know. outside of, you know, never know what Conor McGregor is going to do. But this can be for a top contender in that division.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this <laughs> this, uh, MMA, is, is, we've had like, this nice little break, so we're coming back to start putting all the pieces back together and getting back on the horse. Uh, but Ferguson R. DeGay is, uh, is headlining the Ultimate Fighter Latin America finale. And it's a card that really doesn't have too much talk about. Diego Sanchez is on the card. Um, Ricardo Lamas and Charles Oliveira is on the card. But this Ferguson RDA fight is one, it's a really good fight. And two, I don't know who's going to win. In this fight, I'm very intrigued by this fight. We have RDA who just left Kings MMA, uh, start his own gym. So, tr- you know, changing training camps is never a good sign. Uh, but furthermore, you know, this is Ferguson who's been on an absolute roll lately. So, there's a lot. There's a lot here to unpack because obviously the winner is going to want a title shot. Although Khabib Nurmagomedov is just sitting on the sidelines, feeling like Jose Aldo, just feels like he's never going to get a title shot. So hopefully this <laughs> kind of shakes the picture a little bit more in the lightweight division. But but I'm, if Conor really wins the belt, then fight. who
1: knows what he does in lightweight division? He might say he wants well, the trilogy with Nate Diaz for the lightweight title.
3: You, did you see? Well, we posted that on Champions today. We talked to Gilbert Melendez and uh, he alluded to the fact that Nate Diaz is in line for the, a title shot for the winner of McGregor, uh, Eddie Alvarez. So this is what, this is what Gilbert Melendez says, take it with a grain of salt. Melendez is still in the lightweight division in the UFC, but he's scrap-packed till the end. He's still down with Nate Diaz. But th- it's possible that Nate Diaz could just
1: leapfrog everybody if Conor wins. Which is was, crazy. That would muck up everything. <laughs> well, then we get Khabib versus the winner of this. Versus
3: the winner of RDA versus <laughs> you know, Ferguson. Dog, you know how pissed off Khabib would be if he had to wait again for a title shot? Listen. If he beats Michael Johnson at UFC 200.
1: It's no one's he fault fight, he has no needs. Uh, it sucks. Yeah, I it, mean I injuries mean, suck. I I think Khabib is the best lightweight in the world. He just might not hold the title.
3: Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> how do you see
1: Ferguson RDA going? Um. It's hard to pick against RDA. Honestly, he got caught. Um, I think he was thinking too much about the Conor McGregor's, the everything. I saw it, I saw it, you know, on the buildup of the fight. He was talking about everything besides Eddie Alvarez. That's never a good sign. Um, so he got caught. I think Ferguson is great, but I've seen RDA take people with his skill set out of there. And, and do it effectively. I mean, you look at the Cowboy Cerrone's. You look at the Anthony Pettis, all, all kind of built similarly to El Kikui. So I have to go with RDA, RDA to get this one done.
3: This is a tough fight for me. Um, the Lando Veneta fight is, is surprised me because Ferguson, you know, he got, he got hurt bad in that fight. Um, Several, But times. he hasn't lost since, yeah, he hasn't lost since losing to, to Michael Johnson. Um, on UFC on Fox, and I think that was like four years ago, which means he's beat, like, Abel Trujillo, Josh Thompson, Edson Barbosa, but RDA is just a huge step up in competition. So for that reason, I've got to go with the champ, the well, the former champ, to beat Ferguson. I just, uh, it's, this is a tough fight for me to If pick Ferguson
1: heard these picks, he'd be pissed.
3: Oh, yeah, he'd be pissed. And he always, every time I he's talk to Tony, pissed. he's always like, yeah, he, he probably picks against me. I'd like to see if Tony Ferguson win. I think it'd be refreshing for the lightweight division to have a guy who can talk like him, um, who really kind of trains himself. If you ever kind of watch him train, he just moves around and just picks up things. But, uh, it'd be great to see him win. It's just going to be, it's a huge step of a competition. And dos Angeles has really a lot to prove after getting uh, knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. So not with the uh, utmost confidence, but I'm going to pick RDA to beat Tony Ferguson. Uh, It's just the experience level and uh, what RDA has has shown improved over the past few years. I just kind of look at the Eddie Alvarez fight as an aberration more than uh, the norm.
1: We also have to keep into or take into account the elevation again, Mexico, Mexico City fight. We've seen this before. Um, Yeah. Five-rounders are tough there. So, you know, we all picked Kane, but got down there and Kane couldn't do a damn thing. Kane could barely move. He, He couldn't breathe at all, so... We, we never know the conditioning of these guys. Like you said, um, with RDA starting his own camp and his own gym, we, we don't know how he trained. We don't know the tools he had his, his, at his disposal. We don't know when he went down to Mexico. I'm assuming when you open opening your own gym, you kind of want to be there as much as possible.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. So it's so, a tough fight,
1: man. It's a tough fight. It's, uh, it's definitely a pick It's going to be a great fight. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the Alex like Grasso chick, but everyone's talking about her and her debut.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of intrigue and see what she's got to bring to the table here. Um, she's been talked about a lot lately. So Spanish strawweight division should
1: be dope. Um, Strawweights definitely need a new shakeup. It's kind of like yeah, that, well that everything top tier and then the other.
3: Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's something to look at. Uh, the rest of the card, Benil Dario is on the card, Eric Perez, uh, Diego Sanchez, of course, against Marcin Held. Is this uh, Diego's Lamas. last fight? Do we say that about Diego every fight? Every day. And, time. no. <laughs> Doubtful.
1: <laughs> Diego's going to keep carry... fighting until... They're going to carry this yeah. man out on the stretcher.
3: Yeah. He's not quitting anytime soon. The card is cool. It's not anything that you should, you know jump up for and run if it was on pay-per-view to pay for it but it's on free tv if you don't feel like jumping 70 dollars on the pacquiao fight you can watch this it's a
1: nice appetizer for next weekend if this was papa does it'd be the froglet (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is you know something else is coming down the pipe but you know it's nice to have a little appetizer
3: true true so what else we got to talk about in the world of mma uh we'll recap this card more than we'll talk about because the follow-up is a little bit more important than the fights itself Definitely. Uh, but um, I, we have Luke Rockhold, man. Lukey is getting out. injured.
1: Yeah, um, that hurts. That I don't want to say it complicates the division more than it opens it up. Because well, now, now what happens with Jacare? Well, I think
3: it's a clear path for the winner of uh, the Weidman Joel uh, Romero fight to get a title shot. I agree. So, you know, it sucks for Jacare because I know he wanted to still fight, but does he that's fight pretty business? much what it
1: does. Jacare? Yeah, like 206. Bisping wants to fight. Bisping said he'll fight. I don't think Bisping <laughs> will fight Jacare because it's not a big enough name, not a big enough amount of money.
0: I yeah, think he wants no, the Nate Bis- Diaz,
1: the GSP, the if it's that or nothing. But a lot of people yeah. are talking. Jacare's ready. It's, you know, a week after he was supposed to fight. He's in camp. Bisping says he's ready. I think that'd be a horrible fight for Bisping, though. That Jacare's a guy. You just can't just step in there again. You kind of want to get a full no. training camp to, to develop your skills against what he's about to bring.
3: More importantly, you kind of you need to milk the money train while still running. So it's like, get you a fight with a Diaz or somebody else before you throw yourself to the wolves and the rest of the middleweight division. And is just not a guy who's going to bring you a lot of money, but he's going to ruin your life. So yeah, he's, he'll take your belt and give you nothing.
1: That's, yeah, that's, that's the sad that's, fact of the that matter. You don't want to fight that guy.
3: Right. So... Yeah, the Rockwell injury sucks. We'll see him back next year sometime to try Whoa. to you know find his way back into the division. I mean, Tim Kennedy, Rashad Evans, there's, there's a lot going on in that division, and to get hurt just pushes you to the back of the line. I meant to ask you,
1: what if, hypothetically, Bisping takes the Nate Diaz fight? Or, excuse me, Nick Diaz. So, is Bisping mm-hmm. Nick Diaz? What if Nick Diaz wins? I was talking with Emilio Sparks the other day on Twitter. I was like, yo, could you imagine Diaz as a champion? Because we just saw... Bispin get rocked several mm-hmm. times.
3: Oh, this it's feasible he could lose to Nick Diaz. I mean, that's 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 you, not even. Could you
1: imagine a world where Nick Diaz is champion? Do you yeah, know how I'd fast how fast GSP will run the sign on that line?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Nick Diaz as champion, and especially with uh, the WME IMG purchase. You know, I think they would like to see a, a mainstream attraction like Nick Diaz. I don't know if he. I don't know if he's going to be a media darling. He has never been before, but you know he—he he is a uh, something that always gets us talking. So, yeah, if if they can find a way to make this fight happen and Nick Diaz happens to become the champion, this is—I mean—it's fun. This is exciting. This is what we all want to see.
1: Oh, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I, I am definitely there, there for that one. If Nick just opens up everything. No different than you know if Nate was to become a champion in the thing. That's something I want to see. I want Bisping to make that mistake because I've already told you already. I think there's six to five to six fighters that can beat Bisping for that title. Every just about everybody in the middleweight division, yeah, in the top five. Every I, I mean, he almost lost to Musashi, someone at number nine, who's forty five years old.
3: It's a race to get like, to Bisping. Everybody, everybody's running. And it's like, you know, that's why Wyman, he's the front runner right now. The Wyman Romero winner, they're probably going to get the shot at Bisping. Bisping wants a money fight and he wants to get it soon. He needs to get it in. Get that check now. You know, Bisping's 37 himself, 36, 37 himself. So it's like, get it and hurry up because there's not a whole lot of time left. Um, We're moving on from not having a whole lot of time left. It seems like Ronda Rousey, who did her interview on Ellen, has pretty much alluded to saying yeah, i pretty much done. It's, it's like, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm about to cross over into the dark side of Hollywood. <laughs> well, one,
1: she's not a great actor. Um, she may want to reconsider that. Two, did no one tell her she still has a fight against a woman who's very dangerous coming up? Like, you're talking retirement. She pulled out like a sweater she was knitting or a scarf. I was like, yo, are you a housewife or are you a fighter? That year off did nothing but soften her up. She might as well just went off and had little Travis Brown babies.
3: I don't know, man. I, I mean, I feel like – well, it, that is the question because, you know, is her head still in the game when when, when the cage door shuts on December 30th with Amanda Nunez? If Ronda Rousey's at her best, like I said before, she beats Amanda Nunez. And whatever happens after that, Lord knows. But one of the things that probably won't happen is a cyborg fight, which I want to I kind of go into this really quick. Everybody's talking about how huge of a mismatch the Cyborg Ronda fight is now, which is funny because like just two years ago, people were like, "Oh, that'd be a hell of a fight," but now everybody thinks that Cyborg would demolish Ronda, which is possible. But I just don't—I don't see it as as huge of a mismatch as everybody's making it out to be anymore. I mean, I've I think never it's seen still Cyborg a big mismatch. No, well, mm, is it that always God, the damn.
1: case? Have you seen Cyborg on the ground yeah. besides ground and pound?
3: I feel like she's been taken down. Before the Corano fight,
1: that's a long time Yo, ago. Yo, I haven't seen her but, on uh, the ground at all, and I guess what she has a high ranking belt in jujitsu. I guess, but I've never seen it. Um,
3: well, she hasn't, she hasn't. You haven't needed to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, has been a necessity.
1: But if Ronda gets but, on uh, the ground, she ain't Ronda. So no. th- and, there's always the possibility. If you get judo throwed or tripped against Ronda, you're asked out.
3: Yeah, and that, but that leads me to what's going – I feel like it's going to happen in the Amanda Nunez fight. If Amanda doesn't keep in mind her her distance, like she doesn't control the distance, Ronda's going to suck her in real quick, take her to the ground, and finish her. And I, I feel like that is what's going to happen. I like I said, I like Amanda Nunez, but I've seen her in fights where Kat Zingano gave her a ton of trouble. You know, she hasn't looked great in every fight. She just kind of ran over Misha Tate at UFC 200, and people – somehow thinks she's going to do the same to Ronda. I don't think that's going to be the case. With all that being said, looking at 2017, you know, this could be Ronda's last year of fighting. I mean, Ronda's last fight could be against Nunez if she loses. But if she wins, you know, does Ronda take another fight? Or does Ronda leave on a high note as the champion and then— If
1: she wins, Cyborg has to cut off her right arm. Something. Cut off all her hair, shave the shit, do something, cause she got to make one thirty five. It just—it's just she ain't like, making one thirty five. She has to happen. It's time. not happening. She, she that's the only way Ronda's gonna fight her. It's the only way to force Ronda to fight her, is if it's for the one thirty five pound title.
3: Yeah, it won't happen. So get that out of your head right? Like she can't make one thirty
1: five pounds. I mean, she better shave. So, bald, but I mean, shave her eyebrows, do whatever the hell she got to do.
3: It's just the question is, if Ronda wins, and does she leave on a high note? Does she win, get thrust back into the spotlight, go back and you know shoot those movies, those roadhouse action movie type movies where, where she's the star, and does she just ride off into the
1: sunset and be well, like, here, take from your Dana. belt? Dana saying she wants to avenge the loss to Holly, but Holly's lost twice in a row. So how do you give someone like I that mean, a title rematch? Uh,
3: just like you did Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping. If Holly Holm wins her next fight, and Ronda's the champ. That's the biggest money fight that you can make. Sorry, Juliana Peña. I was about to say on ain't shit. the back. <laughs> no, I mean, rankings aren't shit. Like you, it's it's a it's a business at the end of the day. And if Ronda beats Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm wins her next fight, that's the fight that everybody's going to want to see. There's that.
1: That's crazy. And Ronda, I mean, from what we've seen in Holly, Ronda can just close the range without getting her face kicked off. She damn near had the first fight on the scramble on the ground. Got a little bit over enthusiastic, and Holly was able to stand up. So it's very yeah, I mean, possible that's what it is. Ronda wins. It you just never know. This, where what Ronda, that, this
3: is this is the case with all of Ronda's fights. It's a matter of Ronda Rousey closing the distance, getting somebody in the on the ground, and submitting him. But you know when she fought Bitch Correa, and she was like, "Wow." I can strike. And then she started believing that shit and it got her fucked up. So it's like you got to move on from that and go back. Go for what you know because you are – what what got you here, the arm bar and the, the hip toss, was is what kept you on top. So go back to what you know. And that's, and that's how you'll beat just about every woman in the division. You just can't fall into that trap of uh, striking. That's stupid.
1: Yeah, no. Nah, she need to get that the hell out of her mind. Um, so that's our UFC talk for this week, though. Next week, 205 comes up. It's the McGregor Show. You know we're getting crazy quotes. Um, actually, I believe today and tomorrow are the media calls.
3: Yeah, today is the kind of McGregor media call. Um, so, I, yeah, I got a couple of my writers jumping on it. So this it should, it should definitely be quote-worthy, heavy on the quotes.
1: Yes, yeah, so that is going to be good. Um, check that out. And we'll have a lot to talk about on that front next week. So you guys stay tuned. We're going to get a quick word from our sponsors. Got to pay the bills around here. When we come back, we'll talk WWE and wrap up the show. So stay tuned. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air it's that great and this is how we get our sleep so you guys make sure that you check it out casper mattresses are made in the usa and have free shipping and returns to the u.s and canada shout out to the great north you can buy your casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free
3: Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping? By, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com, backslash the corner, and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards a Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these
1: things are for real. What up, everybody? Shout out to Casper Mattresses. Make sure you guys go on there. Use the promo code. It really helps us out. We were coming back to speak about wrestling, but we completely spaced. On something we were supposed to talk about in the first segment. And that's Lil Wayne losing his damn mind in this interview. I I can't even explain it. Except drugs do horrible things to the brain. That's all I can say. What, yeah. what were your thoughts on
3: it? First of all, I mean, I don't look for Lil Wayne for anything socially conscious. But I feel like Solange should go back and like remove him from the Mad Song off of her Seat at the Table album. Because... If you haven't watched this Little Wayne interview, I think it's Nightline. Um, he pretty much just shits all over Black Lives Matter, and he—he's clearly—I don't—I don't know what he was on I, we, for a minute there. A lot of people thought he was sober. Clearly not. Um, you know, he's like—you know—it doesn't apply to him, and it's, he's just not the, the guy I look for for social commentary to begin with. I thought he grew up. I thought Little Wayne got older and smarter, maybe a little bit, but then he reminded me: "No, nah, you're still a dumbass." Yeah. <laughs>
1: I had no signs of that. Yeah. I, I, see, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh my I,
3: God,
1: I don't yo, I don't understand it. Um Yo, he I honestly believe though that he has no clue what Black Lives Matter is. Like he didn't even know it was a movement. Like That's I feel bullshit. like he's been living under a rock. He knows like Kaepernick took a knee because he listens. you know, he watches football every now and then. He's on the show with like skip and shit. But outside of that, I'm not sure if he knows what the hell is going on. But I tell you this, man, I don't care at all.
3: No, he gave he gave no shits. And I go back because, um, yeah, I'll say it anyway. Me and Nicki Minaj just kind of, when we were cool back in the day, we kind of had a little falling out over Lil Wayne because I, when he got locked up and people were like, Free Little Wayne, I was just like, No, I'd rather have free lunch. Like, I don't want Free Little Wayne. I, I, when you do the crime you do the time it's not like little Wayne's not a freedom fighter and i said this years ago and it kind of called a little rift and people are like why you know you know you want to see the black man locked down i'm like that's dumbest shit i ever heard because i you know he's not a political prisoner and when he does shit like this i'm like see see like yo y'all be fighting for people who would never fight for you y'all be fighting for like gucci man to get out of jail and it's like why 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 you like <laughs> Free Mami Abu Jamal, right? Like free, free a political prisoner. Let's get a side of Shakur out of Cuba. But get yeah, we're worried about Little Wayne, and we're worried, like. And then he says this shit. Like, come on, people, get it together. Little Wayne gives no shits about Black Lives Matter, your life, any life, except for his own. And he's rich, so yeah, why he don't do you give care? A fuck.
1: Like he does not care. He's one. He's kind of rich. I'm sure Birdman still owns a lot of his money. Yeah, but,
3: I mean, a lot of it, he's still, a lot, a little, a 10% of what Wayne has, has or Birdman has is still more than a majority of us have. No, it's very true. Um,
1: uh, He's just so oblivious. And that's what no, I don't understand. So st- like, how are you just oblivious to what's going on? And he's had songs, like, somewhat conscious songs before. He has the Katrina joint, I think, on a Carter 3, that was really dope. Um, I, I don't understand. He was like, it didn't happen to me, so it doesn't affect me. or I'm not affected by it. It's like, yo, you weren't in New Orleans for Katrina, but you caped for that shit. Like it no longer affected you. Maybe some people you grew up with, you know, were in dire straits because of it, but it didn't affect you personally. That didn't stop them. So I, I don't understand.
3: Little Wayne, man, drug—you know—cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's all. If you drug test him, I guarantee you won't pass. Usada would suspend the shit out of Little Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Period. So yeah, Little Wayne's the, the dumbass. Like you know, and shout out to Charlamagne, the donkey of the day. Uh, so so let's talk about pro wrestling, which would have been the the donkey of the day of the month real until quick, the Little Wayne on. thing
1: happened. Real quick, real quick. Before I even go to pro wrestling, so you got me off on a tangent. I just saw during our break, you know, casually checked Twitter just to make sure no fights are popping off or anything we got to talk about. And I run into a big-ass fake but funny-looking back tattoo that people are saying Tristan Thompson got for Chloe. Giant back tattoo. Andreas, personal question. Let let me and the people know. You're not a tattoo guy. But if you were, you think you would have ever gotten a chick's name tattooed on you? Hell no. Absolutely not. Never. Not in a
3: million years. No. <laughs> um, no. I, just look, look. I, yeah, I'm not a tattoo guy. And the reason I'm not a tattoo guy is because I'm very indecisive. And I'll get something and then I'll be pissed off that I got it. So that's why I've never got a tattoo. Like I've thought about tattoos for a long time and I was just like, no. Nope. But the last thing I would do is get something on me that could probably or possibly change. And it's just, no, I'd never do
1: it. Never. Nope ever. No. Unless, like... See, I have matching tattoos with a woman. She happened to be, like, my ex. You know, mother of my children. Everything like that. But still, we have matching tattoos. Hers isn't, like, visible to normal people. Mine is on my hand. So, you know, I kind of got, like, the short end of that stick, but it still doesn't bother me. Like, people... I don't know. People think a lot of shit I do is weird. But, I would get, like, you know, someone's name on me. Nah. And it's crazy because I know a chick, um, no names, no names, you know, secret safe with me, who her ex got her name tattooed on him. And then when they broke up, just put like a void stamp over it, like tattooed the void stamp. So the name is still underneath. It's just a big ass red void stamp on top. That's funny. But that's funny. Nah, but uh, it's no, just, like, for sometimes me, you just got to n- rock with the name. Mm-mm. N- n- no. You can't nope. like, For me, in it. You can't like switch that shit and you know, cover it up.
3: No. Yeah, really. no, I, but I mean, no. <laughs> There's just under no circumstance. Like the closest thing that I would do is on um, my ring finger. Me and my wife have talked about getting tattoos on our ring finger because we're married. I could do that. That's dope. But to get her like to get her name, like I wouldn't ask her to get my name. Like it just looks weird. That one is hell on your body somewhere. Okay, she so don't still- need your
1: full government name. Partial name, whatever initials.
3: Like to me, can't like Dre like, or something, like something just. Nah, normal. man, no. <laughs> I wouldn't want her to do that. Just yo, if if, like like I said, get tattoos on the ring fingers. That's cool. Our wedding date or something like that. That's cool. Anything outside of that is useless, and I would never even ask her to do it because it's like I said, man. I'm just indecisive, and and the world changes so much. You get some shit on you, and nah, like you can ride with that, like. Absolutely not, man. I'm not doing it. And the only, like, one of the dopest tattoos that I, that I thought was in honor of somebody was Nas' tattoo of Khalees. I thought that was dope. But
1: I wouldn't do it. <laughs> like, yo, I'm not <laughs> No, I mean, that's fair. It's just funny. Like, you would think, you, you'd be like, all right, whatever. Like, your world doesn't change that much. People's world changes a lot. Your world really doesn't change. Your world seems pretty uh, normal. And stable. You would think, you know, a quick little tattoo, a little ink. No. Nah. You know, to commemorate mm. the relationship. No? For what? Like
3: she know like like <laughs> a wedding ring, like a wedding ring is good enough. And like I said, a tattoo and a wedding ring finger. but dude, no. I just no. <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Listen,
1: that's that. You know, i I'm not gonna go like full like Nick Cannon where he got Mariah on his back and then had to flip it and cover that shit up. That was, that's rough. But you know, a little name here and there. If, if Listeners, you part of Corner Club, holla at me. Let me know if you got like someone's name tattooed on you. It's funny because I listen to His and Her's podcast and Michael Smith always makes fun of Jamel because she got a dude's name tattooed on her when she was like 19. Yep. And it's still tattooed on like her ex. So it's, you know what happens? Let us know where you guys stand on the tattoo for a significant other debate. Um, shout out to you guys. Listen, man. Andres, sometimes you just got to commemorate stuff. Sorry. You know, Royce, friend of the podcast, has the Slaughterhouse logo on his hand. Wouldn't, you never know. If we had, like, a corner logo or something, we can't, you know, commemorate, like, a 10-year with, like, a little corner tattoo or nothing. No. Damn. Look at Where's the dedication? Why? Where's why? Ded- like, just get a tattoo. Like, you know, you don't got to go, like, J.R. Smith and get the shit on your neck like you got the Young Money tattoo. No, like, dog, I'm not
3: doing it. I I see no reason to do any of that shit. Like, like I said in a a couple episodes, like, why have a high school reunion when there's Facebook? Because everybody knows, like, everybody knows because people live their lives on social media. Why do I need to commemorate some shit that everybody knows? No, thanks. (laughs) I'm
1: good. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. Um, All right. Now we can talk wrestling. Now that we know that you are anti-tattoo. And at this point, probably a little bit anti-commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we had hell in a cell this past week, um, built up to be historic. And then Vince was like, nope, it's a three way main event. And then the day of he was like, no, nope, just kidding. Again, the women are headlining. It's historic. Um, so they try to play it up. They wavered. Vince really kind of shit the bed with that one, um, downplayed it. But then we get to the thing and we kick it off. Roman Reigns versus Rusev in the cell.
3: Yeah, why is there a cell around this? I don't know, because they could have the same match without a cell. This was stupid, cell and it's kind of a thing. theme. <laughs> it was pointless, man, but the feud's been pointless. Grusev is the one who's really carried this feud, and uh, we got we got a match that anybody could watch anywhere, anytime. It could have been just build us a street fight. We didn't need three Hell in the Cell matches. So this one, doo-doo, no thanks. Not for you. Let's move on. No, nah, absolutely not. Let's move on. That was bad. It was just—it was bad because now what does he even do for either of them? It was pointless. It's not a real feud. Um, Roman Reigns,
1: I guess, looks strong. He's trying to go after two titles at once because Vince nobody has a chunky for I don't, for him. I don't—I don't understand. Um, hold on, buddy. He may take both titles at once. He won't. You, you
3: never know. They,
1: uh,
3: you never know with Vince. But <laughs> you, no. you never
1: know. <laughs> That
3: what else we have on hell? Let's move on. I don't want to talk about Roman Reigns.
1: <laughs> uh, I like this match Dana was such trash. Oh, by the Another way, match. Roman, Reigns, Roman Reigns and Rusev had a 24-minute match. It was the longest match of the night. Wow. How about that? Um, Anyway, <laughs>
3: it's just bad booking. Like I feel like they've given us more time for wrestling, but this book it terribly anyway. So no matter how much you say we're going to have more wrestling, it's the wrong people that get the most time um dana brooke and bailey whatever bailey won
1: bailey big won. shocker we expected it um i do like thick dana brooke more than i liked uh super buff dana brooke in nxt i'm not sure what <laughs> yeah. happened she's on the road a little more I-, I don't know but uh thick dana brooke is uh popping out of that uniform it's it's not bad not mad at it a wow. little-, little meat on the bones so-
3: um So that's all you got to say about yeah, that. That's match, it. Huh? That's
1: all I that's all I was focusing on. I was like, yo, Dana Brooks kinda getting thick though. Uh everyone you out Trump. there feels me. <laughs> you. Listen, I'm Move not gonna, on. I'm gonna you not mean? gonna grab her by anything. I'm just just commenting on the woman's uh figure. Um Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Cass. Which was a six minute match. I mean
3: the booking is it's <laughs> God, it's, yo, laughable.
1: I, 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 it's laughable
3: it's all stupid everything that's being done is dumb and i said it before i mean gallows and anderson needed to win that match but then they went and lost a street fight the halloween street fight the next night on raw but six minutes a comedy act versus a, a team that really needs to go back to japan because the wwe has no idea what to do with gallows and anderson at this point um yeah, it, I hated that. Like, dude, for the most part, I disliked this pay-per-view. I thought it was just a terribly booked pay-per-view.
1: I thought some of the matches were okay, but, yeah, a lot of this, well, we knew that had to end to the pay-per-view. A lot of these things make no damn sense. It wasn't going to change anything. No, it
3: and, and a lot of it wasn't, like, the Hell in the Cell, supposed suppose, I feel like Hell in the Cell as a pay-per-view needs to end, and the Hell in the Cell match should only be used for an end-all, be-all to, to really hot yes and it should be make, at random pay-per-views yeah like make gimmick pay-per-views are dumb like tlc which we'll talk about next it's stupid you should only do this when a feud has reached the boiling point and you should not try to shoehorn a bunch of feuds into
1: a hell and Cell. uh what's the next match next match brian kendrick tj perkins in which kendrick won hated the finish this i
3: was absolutely disgusted with the finish of this match because can you really tell me that T.J. Perkins is that stupid? Like this is like a whole different level of dumb.
1: Well, here. they're playing like the video game naive role with T.J. Perkins. I'm just glad he didn't kill himself uh, when he hit his neck on the Hurricane Rana to the outside.
3: Yeah, but I mean,
1: again, I had a, I didn't like
3: T.J. Perkins losing. I didn't like. I don't like Brian Kendrick winning. My biggest problem is because Brian Kendrick wrestles a more conventional WWE style while T.J. Perkins actually em- deploys a cruiserweight style.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Brian Kendrick's more of like a ground and pound guy. So you typically have a regular guy as your cruiserweight champion, which doesn't really put any emphasis on the division as a whole. Like, Perkins needed to carry the title and really define the division. Now he's got a WWE-style feud with Brian Kendrick that I really just am t- I'm really tired of it. And the finish of that match to, to, to fall to be uh, to get headbutted and get the captain's hook and lose in the manner in which he did just made that you know, TJ Perkins is a dumbass. So That's hated exactly the booking. What of, did. <laughs> and, and, so I hated the booking of this match I feel like it was a it was a waste of our time and it really puts a damper on the cruiserweight division as a whole. It just really makes it a WWE entity rather than what we just saw at the Cruiserweight Crossing, where it was all about wrestling and not about shenanigans.
1: Yeah. And then, no, Vince is like, no, we got to bring in the shenanigans. People want the shenanigans. Um, Even though it seems like, and we'll take a quick detour, Cruiserweights are going to get their own show on Tuesdays before SmackDown on the network. uh, Live 205 or 205 Live? 205 Live, yeah. Um, All right, dope. So they'll go back to just wrestling and building their characters little by little. I I expect it to be more like NXT with just quick like backstage interviews or a vignettes, and build their feuds that way, and we get to showcase these guys, maybe bring in a couple more talents, and hopefully the main roster doesn't need to mess up You know, the, the feuds there. Just let them wrestle. Let so them wrestle the on their is- own show, throw them on the pay-per-views. Let them wrestle on their own show, throw them on a pay-per-view. That's it.
3: So the question is, like, this is, we complete this quick detour and get back to this crappy hell in the cell. 205 Live will be in a network exclusive. It'll come on Tuesday nights and it'll be its own show. I feel like, in, the, in a way, the, the decision was made because it got tired of changing the lights and the ropes for the cruiserweights and just might as well be like, screw it and give them their own show. Like, that's that's how I feel. I don't feel like it was a decision that was made based on, man, we really need to spotlight these cruiserweights. I feel like they were just like, man, it takes a lot of work to change these ropes and try to fit them into this three hour Raw, which is beyond me how it's a lot of work. But it just they were doing nothing on Raw. They were just kind of showing up and and there there weren't really any promos, no character building. Six man tags.
1: That's all they were doing. Six man tags.
3: And I don't even mind six-man tattoos because they work in, like, New Japan. They work in the Ring of Honor. But they just – I feel like they lost their way with it. And not necessarily giving up on the Cruiserweights because I think this 205 Live show could do well, even though I would prefer it to be on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. But it feel like they just kind of gave up and was like, yo, the Cruiserweights don't really need to be a part of Raw
1: anymore. Which is great. Give them their own thing. They'll carry it and just give it to Triple H. <laughs> give it to Triple H and his riders. And say, you know what, these guys can be on our pay-per-views, but they won't be on our show during the week. Because, honestly, they don't have enough time for the people they have on the roster outside their Cruiserweights. We just saw Nia Jax for the first damn time in, like, a month. Yeah. So, it, they knows. need the time. Cruiserweights can have their own show. Um, next All match, right. Cesaro and Sheamus uh, win versus The New Day. But it's by disqualification. And The New Day keep the titles. Because, of course, they do.
3: This was another horribly booked match. I
1: horribly don't, booked. I don't get it. This is the worst. I don't get it because
3: you made New Day look weak because Xavier Woods is basically your uh, damsel in distress in every tag match, and every tag team seems to have one. American Alpha has Jack Gable, so uh, Xavier Woods taps out, but the interference uh, of um, Kobe Over. Kingston and you know ruins it and gets the DQ victory, and it, I mean, I, di- I didn't understand what I was watching here. Because if you want to make the New Day look strong, either they win outright, or I don't know what's supposed to happen. Because, I, like I said, I didn't like this match in the first place. I felt like it was too soon, and it kind of ruined what Cesaro and Sheamus were building towards as a tag team. So, it is what it is. Just another poorly booked match on a poorly booked pay-per-view. Um, yeah,
1: whatever. No, I definitely agree. Um Every time I see Xavier Woods in instead of Kofi or instead of Big E, I'm like, oh, they're losing tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, that sucks.
1: Yeah, so it's just like, oh, that's kind of whack. But they lose, but they keep the titles, and they're going to break the streak. It is what it is because we already know that Survivor Series isn't going to have a title match, and we'll talk about that, and Raw confirm that. So they're going to coast right through December because I believe the end of December is the Raw pay-per-view as the champion. So, that there goes uh, all the intrigue behind that. Um, and then the main event, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. I thought it was a really good match. Um, I like the up too. It was a really <laughs> good match. They put it all online. I was like, damn, there were some stiff hits. That, they worked really stiff on the strikes. Um, you know, Sasha getting powerbombed through the table, which is dope. Just because we've never seen a chick get put through a table. Um well, at least not by a woman. It happens by men occasionally.
3: Wait, you just skipped w- over a... Like, you just completely skipped over a
1: match. Which one? Oh, no, I did. The universal title? Universal title. Oh, shit. See, that's why it shouldn't be hidden. Um. All right, shit. We got to backtrack. Backtrack before Sasha and Charlotte. Universal title first. Because another Hell in a Cell match. I forgot we had three. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Another horribly booked match. This is what you want me to say. You want me to go back and just reiterate how bad the booking was. Um,
3: Here's the funny thing. It was a great match. Amazing like, match. We we got to see what Rollins and Owens could do in the cage, but because we have a third party involved in this feud, it it just kind of ruined the concept of a Hell in a Cell match. Now, I wanted I, I, like I want to say that more important than anything else in this match is how strong Seth Rollins is. When he deadlifted Kevin Owens after almost dropping him and then still was able to powerbomb through two of those tables outside, Running I was like, holy guy. shit. CrossFit Jesus, that, full effect. That was nuts. But as a whole, like this match was, it started off great. I was enjoying it. And then I was like, well, where's Jericho? And then Jericho comes in, locks himself in the cage, and then they proceed to eventually put down Seth Rollins, which just basically told you how unimportant this feud was like Rollins loses yeah Owens Jericho is like the real story here which if they're smart the Owens Jericho feud should drag out a whole lot longer like they shouldn't break these two of and it seems like they're pumping the brakes on those two breaking up but uh it just it ruins a potentially great feud between Owens and Rollins like they just ruined it and this feud was indicative of ruining something that could have been really special WWE style.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is what they want though right they they set it up for some reason. Jericho looks the best out of this entire feud, and he's not he the future, so I don't know why Jericho will highlight himself. You don't have to put him in positions to then get more shine. Owens could have just won clean. it could have just been a great match, and then Jericho you know after comes in to help him beat up Rollins some more, do something. Don't have him interfere and be the reason Kevin Owens win. Now Owens is just, I, I think, I forgot who said it. It might have been in our group chat or something. He's no different than Seth Rollins when Rollins was the champion at first. He can't do shit by himself. And it's just a waste. Bad booking, in my opinion. Good match, bad booking. Um, Back yeah. to Charlotte and Sasha. Good match, bad booking. It was great. Yeah, I mean. Great until the end
3: man okay so the, the the beginning was great the call back to uh taker uh mankind where they t- was taking sasha out on the stretcher
1: which bothered was some great. people did not bother me
3: no I mean, it felt like it, it was it took a little long but i didn't mind it um the match started off it was it was hot there were you know some great spots and then with like five minutes left in the match it it felt like when charlotte fell through the table outside from getting kicked it felt like the wheels came off the entire match, like it just it slowed to a crawl. It, it, and at this point the match, went five minutes too long, and it seemed like they were booking on the fly and trying to figure out the finish. I don't know what exactly happened. I guess Charlotte wasn't supposed to break that table because uh, it seemed like Sasha was positioning it for for maybe like a double knees through the table or something to that effect. Yep. And then w- that last spot where Charlotte just kept throwing Sasha's 115 pound ass on that table and just wouldn't break. <laughs> And then she had to finish it with a natural selection. Um, it was just, it was, it was weird. And I, and I, like I said last week, I thought Charlotte was going to win because she's the heel, and it's, it's better for Sasha to chase and be champion. But it sucks that Sh- Sasha couldn't win in a big moment in front of her hometown crowd. For whatever reason, WWE thinks that the hometown hero shouldn't win. This should have been that moment that Sasha should have won. As after the the sympathy spot of Sasha climbing off of the stretcher. I was like, dude, Sasha so needs to win this match. That's,
1: that's how I thought. And then she lost. And I was like, well, that wasted everything. Yo, she can't win at pay-per-views. I don't understand it. No. Like, why? Vince, why are you killing Sasha, my man? Like, her winning on Raw and then losing at the next pay-per-view makes no damn sense. I don't care. Like, are you trying to just get Charlotte to 16 championships like her father? I don't understand. Is it a race against the clock?
3: They just do. They really have nothing for these two to do but fight each other. They've Like, dude, again, I've mentioned it week after week. The brand split has been the worst thing because it showcases the terrible shallowness of the roster because they don't have anybody ready to take these spots. Like, and it it keeps, it continues to show with this feud and then what happens on Monday night. So the the pay-per-view sucked. To me, the pay-per-view, like, I watched the pay-per-view probably like But it had good wrestling. It had decent wrestling.
1: Booking just made it horrible.
3: The book the booking was crab tastic. So yeah. <laughs> horrible. Really, really, really bad.
1: Another reason why SmackDown is also better than Raw. can say what you want. At least they do a lot with a little. And their pay per view you leave after pay per views and be like, okay, that was actually pretty good.
3: Yeah, well, let's talk about Raw. Um, the Halloween show. And I guess we'll start with the arrival of Goldberg. And the botched slip knee and the old man jackhammer with Rusev?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hmm. That's somebody in a Goldberg mask. No one could tell me different. Somebody dressed up as Goldberg for Halloween and was just like, yo, let me go out there and and try these moves. Because if that's a prequel of what we're going to get with him versus Lesnar, they can keep it.
3: (laughs) You know what was funny? like aside from like the botched knee and the okay jackhammer and then like the old man spear on he kind of had to protect Heyman and not kill him was it felt like whoever was controlling goldberg hit the right stick too early to block the punch (laughs) because the punch wasn't coming yet and it was like his timing was all the way off um so the segment you know goldberg comes out uh you know Heyman comes out teases lesnar to, the, is going to come out all these goldberg chants and, and i know Heyman was sitting there like dude where the fuck were you people last week i needed these chants last week this week it doesn't work but uh it was i don't it didn't heighten my anticipation for goldberg lesnar even though i'm still kind of intrigued by the match i was like shit goldberg's got a lot of work to do and i said this a couple weeks ago i feel like this match is almost happening too soon I feel like Goldberg's got to, gets a lot of work to do to, to yeah. really get back in the rhythm of pro wrestling. But Send I could him to be the performance wrong.
1: center. Let him knock the rust off a little bit. Something. Uh,
3: man, that was a... And he's never getting segment. Lesnar
1: up. He struggled with Rusev. No. He ain't never getting Lesnar up. Yeah, so
3: we go from that. Let um, me kind of just jump around here. As I want to wrap this show up because got other things to do today. But we had... Uh, Braun Strowman winning the Survivor Series Battle Royal. I just want to jump to that real quick. And he's a member of Team Raw, along with they haven't announced Rollins as a member of Team Raw, have they? They have not. Not yet. But but it's like duh. Like, unless Triple H is coming out to to face Rollins at Survivor Series, who else would it be? But
1: um Yeah, no, I can't even peg anyone else. Rollins has to be in there.
3: It has to be wrongs, but Braun Strowman being part of it. Braun Strowman, like, I'm going to tell you right now, Braun Strowman will get disqualified at Survivor Series. He won't get pinned. He will get disqualified <laughs> for being the shit out of somebody. Is there countdown? That's outs? what's going to happen. Whatever, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. elimination only. There will be a countout. Braun Strowman is the, the X-Factor. He's supposed to be the, the monster heel who hasn't lost. So he'll get disqualified. Whatever, he'll pin somebody from Team SmackDown which is really bothersome that The Miz is not on Team SmackDown, but I digress. And he'll get eliminated. He'll eliminate himself. But, he, he you know, Sami Zayn is just kind of putting over Braun Strowman, so
1: whatever. Yeah, I mean, Sami Zayn, oh, just another horrible waste. Um, we saw the Halloween street fight.
3: <laughs> yeah, what, dude,
1: how many bosses were there in this match? Uh
3: Gallows is trying to uh put on the pumpkin because it doesn't fit his massive head. Uh <laughs> it just and they put they put Enzo and Cass now, granted, Enzo and Cass is Buzz Lightly here, and Woody from Toy Story was great. I thought the the promo was great. It's just the the match itself was useless, and then it just kind of reduced Gallows and Anderson back to what they were, which is kinda like this this tag team that's kinda good, but it's gonna lose. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't... It's so weird. We don't know. Everything's on a freeze. Survivor Series isn't going to count for anything, and they're going to hit the reset button heading into Royal Rumble. Well, yeah, because
3: what you, what you essentially have, we'll go back to everything else on Raw. Like, uh, obviously, Owens and Jericho are going to be there on Team Raw. And they'll work together. I have no, I really have no idea how this is going to work because Team Raw is going to be way stronger than Team SmackDown. Um, cause SmackDown added Baron Corbin, which I'm like, what the fuck? But anyway, you look at this and you're like, all right, well, we got to tease out this Owens Jericho breakup because it has to happen. Like the Owens Jericho breakup has to happen, but I feel like, and I, I mentioned this on our group chat the other day, the, the smartest thing to do out of this is to make Jericho and Owens the tag team champions. This is what you need to do to work towards this breakup. And hell, I don't even mind if, if Jericho takes the, the, the U.S. title off of Reigns. And then you work towards this, this ridiculous breakup where the biggest pop that could possibly remain is Jericho putting Kevin Owens on the list. <laughs> That's what has to happen. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But you have to drag it out because now it's like you can't rush it. And as you saw in Raw, they, they wouldn't allow Jericho to, to say you've been put on the list. Because now they gotta
1: keep him in this heel role because he's way too over as a face. So Yeah, but try to that, put everybody you know, in the arena on the list. And it didn't work. Yeah. People still love that shit.
3: So the booking of Raw right now is just okay, we're gonna work to Survivor Series to these these uh these team matches to represent for our brand, but everything else is gonna suffer in the interim. And you know, we had Nia Jax make her return and and just squash Bailey, which another thing I just don't understand. I thought if Nia Jax would come back, it would be to be a monster heel to go after Sasha Banks as the champ. But if she's there to represent for Team SmackDown, I mean for Team Raw, and then I does Sasha Banks make it back in time for Survivor Series? And if so, how the hell do these women work together?
1: Yo. And- <laughs> Once again, Survivor Series has to set up the next feud. So people have to turn on other people. They have to be upset that someone lost it for their team, et cetera, et cetera. But that's how you have to get these new feuds to happen.
3: In three matches, like here, this is my problem. There's three Survivor Series elimination matches that all have the same exact problem. All of them have teams that don't like each other. So can you really tell the story in every match of how... The feud is built off of somebody screwing up Survivor Series. That's lame as shit to me. It is exhausting. And and the Survivor Series is, what, four hours this year? Oh, God.
1: Yeah, they added an extra hour because you need to squeeze in both brands. Everyone else still needs to do something.
3: I mean, Ziggler looks like he'll have a match against maybe, I don't know, somebody. (laughs) Somebody. (laughs) For what? I, I don't know. But I mean, as a whole, I mean, before we go into Smackdown so we can wrap up the show, as a whole, I just thought Raw was it was weak, Hell in a Cell was weak, and I feel like we're probably in the weakest stretch of wrestling that we've had in quite a while. There's nothing to look forward to on the Raw brand.
1: Well, not really. It was pretty weak this time last year cuz Seth got injured. Seth got well, injured, Cena was gone, and we we're like, well, there's yeah, really at nothing least here. The was oh, at least and it was all Roman Reigns. All Roman Reigns.
3: Yeah, I mean, that... But they, see, they were kind of backed into a corner there when Rollins got injured because they, they had to change everything on the fly. Here, with the exception of Finn Balor getting injured as quick as he did, and kind of changed everything when it came to the universal title. The thing is, is that you're trudging through a lot of nothing. Um, who's Roman Reigns going to feud with? Kevin Owens? I guess. Uh... What's Seth Rollins going to do if Triple H isn't back? He's got a feud with somebody. Is that Jericho? I suppose. But nothing here is, is really.
1: I don't need a it doesn't champion make any versus sense. champion feud. I really don't.
3: No, no, not on, especially not here. And then even with the tag teams, because if, if New Day is going to, you know, break Demolition's record, who are they going to feud with? Like I said, it's got to be Owens and Jericho, but it won't be. But that's no, who it has to be.
1: No, but it's, it's going to be whoever their tag team partners are. Um, because they're confirmed for the tag team match as far as Raw, but there's two more slots in that tag team match. And, you know, if it's Enzo and Cass, then that's who they'll feud with and lose the titles to. If it's, you know, the club, then that's who they'll feud with. The club will turn on them, and they'll lose the titles to them at the next pay-per-view. Maybe. Or maybe they just hold it even
3: longer until they figure out who they can put it on that makes sense. So... Raw sucked. Um, SmackDown <laughs> wasn't too much better. Uh, the James Ellsworth, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Love Triangle continues uh, as the centerpiece of the show. Ultimately, Ambrose finally beats AJ Styles to get a title shot at TLC. Now, my thing is fatigue.
1: How do you how many book do we TLC? See? Like, how, that's my question. How do you even book TLC? It's not that far after. That's how. You, I mean,
3: I, I understand the booking for TLC. My problem is AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose have wrestled, I feel like, 20
1: times on, in the last three weeks. I don't want to see them do this again. Well, you know, Styles is going to show up and make it a good match. But it's not a match I have to see. You're right. No. Because Ambrose I mean, isn't going to win. If
3: James Ellsworth, is, if he's not a part of this, then what does he do?
1: I'm not sure if he's a full-time guy. Seems like he got interest music. (laughs) It seems like he's... (laughs) Is that now the criteria? Like, oh, no, he got interest music.
3: Yeah, like, once they change your interest music from something generic into something real, like, I'll never forget when John Cena made his SmackDown debut against Kurt Angle, and then a couple weeks later they changed his interest music, and then they gave him a character. Like, you could see them progressing. James Ellsworth is in the same thing. He's over with the fans. He's in a feud he shouldn't be involved with, but I just don't see where he goes from here. So, that, whatever. They booked that. But then the other thing is this whole Randy Orton and the Wyatt family thing. I'm like, dude, I don't understand this shit at all. Yeah. To you?
1: No, like, you're talking to me. I, he has to turn on the Wyatts, right? I They've made. And situations, make the feud longer than it's already been? Yes. They've made situations so complicated that there's no logical answer on where to go now so like the title picture it's like okay we're tired with dean ambrose but where do we go now this same thing it's like yo we were tired with orton and Wyatt, in which orton should have been the next person to feud i mean honestly for the title for the main title well yeah but they can't cut it off because they made it so damn complicated they were like, oh, let's add Kane. For what? So now Randy Orton is the heel with the Wyatts, but now he has to go feud with another heel in AJ Styles. Dude, and then Wyatt this, is this. now given something to do, which is Kane.
3: This And Kane shouldn't be anything for anybody to do. And why um, does it take
1: two of them to beat up on Kane? Kane can't even get TV I time. Don't know. He's 45 years old. They do not need to team Yo. up to beat his old ass.
3: I just don't understand. Any of the booking on either show right now, and like I said, both title pictures have a third party involved, which is, makes it very annoying because then they're not really feuding. And then you look outside of that, you know, the the uh, SmackDown, the SmackDown uh, Survivor Series tag team qualifying matches were so stupid because nobody in the right mind thought American Alpha was going to lose to the Spirit Squad, and then the Headbanger showed up. Yo, like, dude, the headbangers the headbangers.
1: Oh my god. What a blast from the past.
3: Like, how do you have so two shows that are so extraordinarily long, right? But you still manage. it you still don't do enough to get it like Apollo Crews isn't on the show, but the headbangers are.
1: Yo, Apollo Cruz is buried. He's Ridiculous. just he's just part of the Turing touring brand right now. That's it. He does house shows. And nothing else. I guess. He's he's lost. I don't know how they entice more talent to come to the WWE when they're burying guys who shouldn't be buried.
3: Uh, So I hate to end this on a sad note, but SmackDown sucked. Raw sucked. (laughs) Hell in a Cell sucked.
1: Hey, it's not your fault, (laughs) man. This is what they put us in. This Uh. is the predicament they have now put us in, is where we can't lie to the people. We just can't do it. And it's just like... Yo, we would love to give you a reason to watch every week, every episode, but uh, there really isn't right now. It's just no, what man. it comes down to. It's You can just watch the pay-per-views. We'll watch for you and report what's happening. How about that? Because we have to watch. But outside of that, there's no reason to watch every single play every week. None at all. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, hopefully it gets better. I don't see how it does. But the Cruiserweights, like I said, move to Tuesdays. We can look forward to that. Um, Survivor Series is probably going to be whack. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But we get NXT. So, Mm. smile on your face. We get Samoa Joe versus Nakamura. This has to be some type of wild stipulation. Whoever loses has to go up to the main roster. Hopefully not to get buried, but to actually do something meaningful. But I can't say that we have hope for that. I say that with no conviction. True. So that's, uh, that's where we are now. Uh, another place we are now is at the end of the episode. So we want to thank everybody for listening. Um, next week, like I said, pack Show, we have UFC 205. We're going to recap everything from this week, have more details on Survivor Series and other things coming up. NXT as well, the Dusty Rhodes Classic, will be kind of taking shape. We'll talk more about that. Uh, until then, follow us on all social media, me at Kel Dansby on all platforms and the show at The Corner LSN. Right, and
3: myself at Andreas Hale. Uh,
1: New boss man, Andreas Hale, making big moves in the world. (laughs) Busiest guy in media. Um, By the way, if you need to contact him, do not email him directly. Look at (laughs) (laughs) the picture he posted on Twitter. He has like 10,000 unread emails. It's incredible. No, it's more than that. It was more than that?
3: It's a... It's 193,786 as of right now.
1: <laughs> how do you even look at the phone <laughs> and it doesn't bother you to clear that out? I don't
3: even know how to clear it up at this point. Because like Gmail only <laughs> allows you to clear up like 100. And then like a star, like, dude, it's ridiculous. I just gave up.
1: <laughs> don't email Andreas Held, FYI. Um, but until next week, thank you guys for tuning in. We're out.
3: Peace.